Hey everyone, I just wanted to give you a brief heads up before you started listening to this episode. We had a couple audio issues, and unfortunately my sound file is going to sound a little bit like it's through a phone. It's still a great episode, I'm very proud of it, and Gene was a very amazing and gracious guest. And now, on with the show. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Let's say you're on a boat, and you happen to fall off the side of the boat, and you find yourself drifting in the water. What's the first thing you do? I wait for Mr. Fat Jack to go get the little boat. Good answer. Thank you. We're talking about Splash with special guests. With special guest, Gene Gabriel. <laughs> I combined guest and Gene. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Gene. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, and then we'll talk about how we came upon this movie in particular. Okay. I'm an actor. I've been an actor for a very long time, and now a filmmaker. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I live in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I met Sam through... Uh, what became The Sauce, an improv troupe that we were both in. Yeah, Gene is a fantastically talented actor, but also improviser. And he's very, very funny and helped make The Sauce the grand success that it was. Well, thank you. So did you, Sam. Thank you. You were welcome. So we spent a little bit of time like going back and forth trying to figure out what movie it was you wanted to do. As I apparently alluded to in the Big Trouble Little China episode, you originally wanted to do <laughs> Buckaroo Banzai. Of course. So before I talk about Splash, why Buckaroo Banzai? Because it's bananas. <laughs> it's insane uh, and bananas. And I used to have it on um I used to have it on VHS. And I I, wa- I must have watched Buckaroo Banzai uh 50 times i will forever be getting to the bottom of what people see in that movie but you know what i'm glad you like it no i like it because it's bananas <laughs> yeah and i think that's an amazing reason to like a movie yeah. i mean it's a movie that no other movie can be like because it just goes crazy yeah it's nuts like uh why is new jersey dressed like a cowboy you know all kinds of things like that all kinds of questions yeah but we ended up settling on Splash. When did you first see Splash? I must have seen Splash. Uh, when did it come out? In 82? So I probably saw it like, did I see Splash 84. in the theaters? I think I saw Splash in the theaters. And so this is one of uh, Tom Hanks's like first movie roles, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of one that put him on the map. Uh, b- before this was Bachelor Party, um, which I also saw in theaters. But I saw it in a place called The Mayfair where you used to get a 250 double feature. That's two movies for $2.50. That's not bad. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, I remember uh, when I was a kid growing up on Tuesdays, it would be Dollar Tuesdays at the Dollar Theaters. Nice. And pay a dollar, go see a movie. Those are amazing. Love- I loved it. Yep. I don't know if they still have Dollar Theaters in New Jersey and California, but uh, keep the dream alive, right? Yep. <laughs> And so, obviously, you have very fond memories of Splash, but, uh, like, what made you go back to it? Like, what's, what makes you go back to this movie in your head? Because I saw movies when I was a kid that I wouldn't remember having seen until someone mentioned it. But you brought up Splash. So, tell me about yes. your connection to the movie. It was j- it's just one of those, uh, I think it's Ron Howard's, like, second second or third movie that he directed. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, the first one was Night Shift, and then I, this there was this one and I don't know. I just, I loved the, the, I, when I was a kid, I loved the comedy in this and we still quote it to this day. I still very much quote, you know, obviously my response, uh, that was not planned. Uh, you know, Mr. Fat Jack and the little boat, <laughs> you know, the little boat, you know, th- it's just things like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it just resonated with me. I, I really, I really enjoyed the movie that Jack was not in this movie very long, but I didn't recast him, but he was such a memorable character. Yeah. He he left quite an impression. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's just like, "Eh, it's just a couple miles. I'll swim it. What? (laughs) It makes no sense. I get that you're buoyant, but it's a couple miles, man. I know. (laughs) And we never go back. So I'm legit curious what happens when that Jack eventually gets there with the little boat. 
I don't know. Maybe that's a that, that's a completely different movie. I would watch that movie. Maybe someone will make this film. But what's also significant is this is the first time that Tom Hanks finds himself alone on a deserted island. But yes. it turns out not really completely alone. Exactly. Yes. No Wilson this time, but absolutely. And no FedEx yep. packages. Yeah. <laughs> no purpose. Exactly. And actually, it just occurred to me, like, when Madison leaves Alan Bauer on the beach and kind of when she steps out onto the Statue of Liberty, she kind of steps directly out of the water, right? Yeah. Out of that. But then later in the movie, when she gets wet even a little bit, it immediately, her legs turn back into a tail. Yeah. That just occurred to me, and that's a serious flaw. <laughs> Are you questioning the logic of Splash, Sam? I might be questioning the logic of Splash. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I don't know, man. Bocce balls! That's all I could think about. Bocce balls! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't do any research on this movie, and I watched it for the first time for the show, <laughs> as I do many of the movies on this. But like when John Candy showed up, I was legitimately delighted to see him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he plays not a good person, but, like, it's John Candy. You yeah. can't hate John Candy. Yeah. And by the end, he's he's kind of redeemed himself. <laughs> I mean, he sacrifices himself for the greater good, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. But then, like, his moment where he turns and says, you found love. People yeah. don't find that. I will never find that. And it's just this moment of just, like, raw, just, like, like bearing his soul to his brother. And just, yeah. like, that moment was so powerful. And I loved it. Yeah. And it, and it, it explains exactly why Freddy is the way he is. Yeah. You know? And then, too, I love the fact that he, he caps that. Like, he takes it to the height of emotion, you know? I'll never be that happy. Most people will never be that happy. I'll never be that happy. And then he he brings us back to to comedy with Mrs. Stimler. <laughs> yeah. He's going to go talk to crazy Mrs. Stimler. Oh, man. Crazy Mrs. Stimler. What is her deal? She got struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, I would also watch her movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The crazy old lady who gets struck by lightning and then goes back into work? <laughs> I played want by, to know all about Played by the amazing that. Dottie Goodman. Who was, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. She was so good. Yeah. But I... I was going through it, and there really are only five characters that I recast for this. Yeah, see, I, I recast a few more. I went, I went a little, I went a little deeper. All right. Well, I'm excited to talk about that, but let's yeah. talk about this movie as a whole because this movie, I don't know if it would work exactly as is today. No. Well, um, they they already sort of did a remake. It's called Shape of Water. <laughs> that, that's the thing. I, well, yeah. sort of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And I was talking to someone today, and this movie came out before The Little Mermaid, right? Yeah. And that alone blew my mind, because I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, people talk about mermaids, here's the rules. But this is, like, before people did that. Yeah. But, okay, so this came out, and then we get the kids' movie version of it? Yeah. And it's basically the same. Mermaid shows up, all of a sudden she has land, all of a sudden she has lands, all of a sudden she has legs, but she can't talk. Until she can. Exactly. <laughs> sort of the same movie ends in true love and magic and going back to the ocean. Yeah. Except that, you know, the Little Mermaid, she gets legs. And in this one, he goes with her. That was such an interesting choice. How quickly do you think he's going to regret that decision? Uh, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, like, they're swimming towards what I assume is Atlantis, right? That's what it looked like. Like, did you watch the, uh, through the credits? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like Atlantis to me. Like, they're swimming towards Atlantis, and then, like, so I have this moment of, I want that movie. I want to know about the, like, I would totally watch a reverse of this movie, where it's the dude from the land coming to live under the sea, under the sea, wish I could be <clears throat> under the sea. <laughs> and they go live in Atlantis, and it's it's a fish out of water, except, you know, an opposite of a fish out of water, whatever you want to call it's that. It's a man in water? Sure. Okay. It's a bird in the surf. There you go. Wow. Two in the hand. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are a lot of movies that could spin off of this one. You know, obviously that, that would have been a great sequel, like him adapting to being underwater. 
and perhaps regretting his decision to spend the rest of his life because you know in in when you look at something like the shape of water well she's got nothing and and, and no reason to stay mm-hmm. so it's okay for her to go with him but he's got his brother and his business and and his life I, I don't know you know although his brother is the only thing he has it's true i mean it's the only thing he cares about yeah but what i would do is if i was remaking this i would start the movie later i wouldn't start with the with the i don't know 20 years ago at cape cod i would start basically with him getting broken up with and going to the wedding and then he like just kind of finds himself living this weird life and i want us to also not really know if she's a mermaid. It's just like this weird lady. Oh, right. Find out in the middle. Yeah. And like when she's in the bathtub and like, I would even not show her tail when she's in the bathtub and we just see the outside of the door. And we also have no idea what's going on. We can assume, and we can certainly make references and it's splash. So we know, right. But like, we don't find out she's a mermaid for real until he does. That's how I would do this. That would be cool. But you'd still have to start it with Wooly Bully. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's the rule. Yeah, just start a movie with Wooly Bully, for sure. That was such a weird pull. I mean, that could literally <laughs> be playing at the wedding. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> what sort of wedding doesn't play Wooly Bully? A terrible wedding. That's I answered my own question. Correct. You are a winner. <laughs> um, so yeah. what is walter cornbluth eugene levy levy who i was also delighted to, i was like oh my god eugene levy right <laughs> what is his deal he wants recognition in the scientific community right but like he starts the movie looking for mermaids pretty much yeah and then he and then he kind of sees one when he's so out with the, the moron movie. twins. I mean, can you imagine being the guy who spent your entire life looking for something, and then when it finally shows up in front of you, you drop your camera? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God, that poor guy. Yep. And I, I, mean, I, I really enjoyed the fact that he kept on taking pictures of that couple and getting that beat up by so that guy. That so funny. <laughs> Just, like, finding them on the other side of the elevator. Oh, that killed me. <laughs> Uh, he's just having some kind of week. Yep. What a week I'm having. What a week I'm having. <laughs> <sighs> I love it. Yeah. But but then that's it. So we've got our comedy. We've got our sexy because it's obviously like a sex comedy and all that. Yeah. But what else is necessary for you for this movie? Talk to me about what you see as the essence of Splash. Um, it's that that sort of forbidden romance. Uh, you know that to. Two people from completely different backgrounds uh, have to be together at all costs. So it's right. the it's the romantic, aside from the sex, it's a romantic comedy, right? It's that whole, like, love trumps everything. Right. That. I like it. I think that's good. Yeah. And for a remake, what are the important parts of the movie that you say we need to keep no matter what? Well, I think the relationship with the brother, I think the, the fact that he was broken up with is essential. I get, though, I get why they started the movie when he's a kid, because that's when he first sees her, right? Mm -hmm. She saves him. And then that's always a nugget in his mind for the rest of his life. Right. So I I like the idea of flashing back to it. I don't know if I want to start with it, though. True. You could you could flash back to it. I, I think it's essential, but you could totally flash back. Like, I don't think it shouldn't have happened. I do like that it happened as well, but I think it should be a flashback because... I like when the mystery is real. Like, I like not necessarily being in on it if I don't have to be. Right. That's cool. I'm good with that. And then there's also just this image of this poor little girl just, like, treading water in the ocean and crying. And I was like, no, this poor little girl. (laughs) Yeah. Because she, like, they see each other, love at first sight, and they're eight, and it's real and it's happening right away. Yeah. But I'd love it if, like, he fell in the water and no one realized and then, like, they realize 20 minutes later, oh, God, where's this kid? Where's this kid? We don't know where he is. He found it. And then she brings him and puts him back on the boat. And she saves his life. True. But then he, he would have terrible parents. Then you, you have a different movie. <laughs> well, I mean. Because if I, they don't know where the, where the eight-year-old is for 20 minutes. <laughs> look, just because you're saying that as a parent. <laughs> 
I mean, what if the kid said, I'm going to go grab a soda? And you're like, we trust you, eight-year-old. You can go grab a soda. And then you didn't go grab a soda. No? All right, fine. Well, if you came back with a soda, I guess everything would be all right. Or didn't come back with a soda at all. Actually, though, that would be really funny as well. Like, he says, I'm going to go grab a soda. He accidentally falls in the water. He meets his mermaid. She saves his life, brings him back. He walks back up to the top of the boat. He's sopping wet. His parents look at him and say, so where's the soda? (laughs) That would work. I'm not necessarily opposed to him having terrible parents. <laughs> True. Are you are you particularly connected to the parent those parents as people? Do they speak to you emotionally? No, they don't speak to me emotionally at all. <laughs> They're just placeholders. <laughs> Ooh, burn. Ooh. I took it out on the parents. <laughs> but like I I wanted to see a little bit of I'm trying to decide if I want to see the other end of it. If act one is they meet, they're falling in love and uh, they're realizing that they're meant to be together. Act two is captured and escaped from the government and Eugene Levy and all of that. But then act three is they've escaped and now they're in Atlantis and it's the exact same as act two, but reversed. Mm. So like, I'm sure. So like her, her people want to do experiments on him or. Yeah. Why not? Hmm. Interesting. And despite not being accepted by either of their cultures, they go find their own way. In Milwaukee. Yeah, no, I I like it. And especially because, I mean, the movie's what, an hour 45? Yeah, something like that. Which, honestly, that's probably about the right length, although we've got a little bit of time to play with. But, like, it not a lot happens by modern standards. Like, a lot of modern movies, it's thing happening, thing happening, thing happening, thing happening. And... My pitch would certainly be a little bit more of that, but I'm trying to decide if that's right for this movie. You know what? What I would like to see, I would, I would have liked to have seen her growing up or, or, or her side underwater. Yeah. And how she has that nugget, because obviously she has come up looking for him. Right. And why now? That's true. That's, I, I don't know. Yeah, I would like to know why now. You know, I know she saw him at uh, at the Cape and realized that it's that it's the same person but why why surface now and if she can do that if she can surface whenever she wants to then why can't he come and like visit Freddie? yeah you know well she said she only can do this once right like she gets six days Uh, period the end right and then once she goes back she goes back forever like she only got that one opportunity wow you only get one vacation as a mermaid that's that's what it sounded like that's the impression that i got yeah and then at the end, he didn't get a tail. He still had legs. Yeah, that's true. But as long as he was with her, he was fine. He was. So good. now are they just literally inseparable? Otherwise, he will die? That would be horrifying, too. Yeah. <laughs> no alone like, time for you, Alan. And, like, I kept watching this movie, and the one thought that kept coming back to me was, how long can these people hold their breath? I know. That, like, those actors were good. I mean, her specifically, I guess. Yeah. Blanking on her name, and I feel terrible. Black Mamba. No, uh, Daryl Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. She was great. What do you mean, Black Mamba? Uh, that's uh, that's who she is in, like, Kill Bill. Volume oh, right, two right, or right, something right. like that. <laughs> Black <Yeah>. Mamba. <laughs> of course. You know, yeah. well-known character, Black Come Mamba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she's, gr- she's great. So you, it sounds like you, you actually liked the film. You enjoyed it. Did you? I did. I I had a nice time. I have a lot of problems with this movie because basically the lead female character, her entire reason for being is as uh, this person who's in love with Tom Hanks. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that, but I have no sense of what her life is other than pining for this one guy. Right. We should, we should see that. Like what's her, uh, what's her mermaid job? What does she do for a mermaid living? (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Obviously they have a society and they, she's going back to a city. So like, what is she doing? How does she function as this person in her life outside of just being devoted to this one dude? Right. What is what is her place? Is she a, is she a princess? Is she a a worker? Does she have her own underwater fruit company? <laughs> yeah. To parallel that would him. Here. Oh man, that'd be so funny. <laughs> so She's many things in common. But I'm like, screw. <laughs> that'd be good. <laughs> 
but no, I get it. Yeah, you should see more of her life, more of why why she chose him, why she picked her. And she knows she only has six days ever in her whole existence. Right. Why gamble that away on on this dude? And I get like if it's the way their culture works is they're magical beings, and when they meet the person, they just know. Period. The end. Right, and but that'd be fine if we, if, we if we knew that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, she's brilliant because she picks up language and she learns all this stuff almost immediately. Yeah, and uh, is are all mermaids that smart, or is she specifically that smart? Right, because she's able to based on the information in his wallet, his address, and then like a map track down where he lives. Yeah, she gets from Cape Cod to New York City. Pretty quickly. Yeah, she's good like that. Maybe she's an underwater detective. Yeah, I would watch that movie. Yep, she's a mermaid detective. That's her job. Add it to the list of movies that I would definitely watch. The mermaid detective. (laughs) Mermaid detective. (laughs) Solving sea crimes. That's awesome. She's an (laughs) (laughs) ex-seal. Too good. I'm trying to think of a good pun tagline. Um, it's a tuna fun. (laughs) Don't flounder around. You've got to see this mermaid detective. (laughs) So when, uh, when the queen of the sea gets keel hauled, there's only one mermaid for the case. (laughs) I'm going to let you have all those. She's having a whale of a time. <laughs> so I heard someone say this, and I'm not 100% sure it's true, but prior to this movie, did you know anyone with the name of Madison? Or is the name Madison only popular because of the movie Splash? I feel like that, that name became popular because of the movie Splash. I mean, that's insane, right? Yeah, that is like, I know nuts. Madison's now, but like they're yeah. all younger than this movie. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah, Madison was not a popular name until after I saw this movie. Then I started to see Madison's pop up. So it, it may be, have a direct uh, connection for sure. Because this film was successful and it did. And like I said, I, I, I know a lot of people actually that quote this movie constantly. I cannot hear the name Madison without saying Madison. <laughs> So I I I understand. <laughs> I get it. I mean, it's a successful movie. It's a successful movie. It had a budget of eight million dollars, and it grossed seventy million dollars, just about. Yeah, it's not bad. That's, that's pretty. And by today's standards, that's a, a whole heck of a lot more. So what what successful sex comedy did you name your daughter after? Um, Harper's Bazaar. No, I we. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, none. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Not uh, sticking with trends, I guess. Yeah. No, we didn't go that route. <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, the splash movie poster, and I'm realizing that that's the World Trade Center in the in the yeah. picture, and I didn't realize that until just now. Yup. Yep. I also really like that she got him the fountain. That's in the poster too. But like that was such a sweet thing. I love that she got him the fountain. I love her reaction to to um when he gives her a gift and it's just the box. Yeah. She's I love like, it's it. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> she kisses the box. She's yeah. Like, and then the fact that she sold her necklace, I don't remember looking at her necklace and thinking it was particularly valuable, but I don't see why not. Right. Yeah. It could be totally like a pearl necklace. Yeah. It could have been, it yeah. might've been gold. Who knows? You never know. All right. So if we're talking remake and we're talking sex comedy, whatever, do we go full sex comedy again, or do we lean more into the romantic comedy? What would you rate Splash if you were to remake it today? Because I don't know if you could do kind of the same swimming around topless that you did in the eighties today, right? But and, you know, you know, ne- you never see, you never see nipple on her. Yeah, you do. When? I don't know. I just <laughs> singles, you I'm did. Single, so I assure you, yes, you did. No one else did, but you did, Sam. No, no, um, it's pretty. A- it's not. Yes, you do. You see her butt talks for sure, but um. I mean, whenever she's out of the water, you can't. But when she's in the water, you can. You can see the nipple times. Oh yeah, 
all over the place. Well, you could still rate that PG-13. Can you? I don't necessarily know uh, the rules. I don't know. That's people, still PG-13 qualifying? People seem to be deathly um, afraid of nipples these days. But you can you can watch somebody get, um, you know, autopsied on TV at any given time. But a nipple oh, sure. will destroy someone's brain, I guess. <clears throat> when I was a kid, I saw a nipple, and I've never been the same. I've never been the same, even though that's what I was sucking on to survive when I was a baby. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Gene so, Gabriel, you direct still, quote. You can still be very creative with how you, uh, how you. Oh yeah, I'm sure. You know, you can still, it can still be like a PG-13. I would love to see a, a good rom-com. I would love to see a good romantic comedy. Yeah, I I would too. It's been a long time since I've seen one. Yeah, I was trying to look up for my director and writer who good romantic comedy people would be. And there haven't been that many that that came out recently. No, it's true. <laughs> well, this, this one was... Uh, isn't this uh, Bob... Uh, who wrote... Isn't this like Babalu Mandel and uh, Lowell Gans? That pair that wrote this? Yeah. Yeah. See, I love all their stuff, though. What else have they done? Oh man, you should be kind of like everything. Like, uh, yeah, and they they I feel like they wrote a lot uh, on Laverne and Shirley and Happy Days and things like that. They were just funny. They wrote the Tooth Fairy. The, the Rock fairy. was in in 2010. The tooth you know, fairy. classics. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart Little Two, Ed TV. Ed TV was funny. I've never seen Ed TV. Uh, yeah, it was funny. Isn't it basically the Truman Show? Yeah, but uh, Ed TV uh, didn't it come out before the Truman Show? Uh, I or think so. was it at the same time? Was it one of those deals where like the studios had the same property at the same time? The Truman Show was 1998. Ed TV was 1999. Oh, see, yeah, it's one of those deals, like Wyatt Earp and Tombstone, or Ants and a Bug's Life. Yep, same thing. I got gotcha. you. So I sent you a, a message on Facebook w- as I was watching this movie, and I think what I said was, man, there are a lot of people in this movie not playing to the top of their intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, like, Eugene Levy's two assistants at the beginning, kind of uh, their parents. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Stimler. All of these different characters. This entire world is populated by really dummies. Yeah. I mean, even Eugene Levy to an extent. And I was thinking, like, that's the only world where magical creatures like this can exist because people are too dumb to realize that these people are in the world. Exactly. And I'm kind of okay with that. Me too. I don't mind that people are stupid. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, it was just so noticeable. I'm like, wow, everyone in this movie is so dumb. The moron twins and Buck Walter. Yeah. Private Buck Walter. But some uh, of them were, like, dumb but highly competent. Yep. Like, uh, Fat Sal or whatever his name was. Uh, Fat Jack. Fat Jack. Yep. Fat Jack was dumb, but, like, cop- capable enough to swim for two miles. Yeah. Or so dumb that he doesn't realize that he can't. Right. It just didn't bother him, which I appreciated. Yeah. He, he was not bothered at all. Where are you going, Mr. Fat Jack? To get the little boat. The little boat! You know. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> and then, like, when uh, Madison is in the department store and they try to kick her out and she, and they, she just doesn't respond. I'm like, well, she just said she didn't respond, I guess. <laughs> like, they're at a total loss as to what to do. I also feel like that that always played to me, that particular uh, exchange between those guys, that she was, uh, because she's so hot, that they were like, well, she, you know, she's good. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of those situations where, like, yeah, she's doing aerobics in the, um, well, she doesn't, she's, you know, she doesn't want to leave. Yep. Uh, and they're okay with it. The only, the the biggest problem I ever had with Splash was, who's going to pay for all those TVs? Yeah. Because she, like, because she low-key has superpowers, right? I mean, basically. I mean, you know, I mean, she can communicate, obviously, with her lungs, she can communicate with, uh fish with fish and uh, it's super loud so yeah basically but then like she also i mean there are superheroes where their entire power is like a sonic scream i mean that's basically black canary's whole thing yeah 
Yeah. So she full on has superpowers and but there's no consequence for the TV. Yeah. The TVs. That's I a mean, big problem. Like they should have run out. Yeah, there was no you break it, you bought it. No, they should have just ran out as soon as she broke the TVs. We gotta go. <laughs> yeah. You know? But they yeah. didn't. They were just standing there. <laughs> My problem, and I can't decide if I want to keep it or throw it away, is like when she gets out of the water at um Liberty Island and she's walking across and then she's immediately swarmed by a bunch of dudes. Part of me is like, well, that's super sketchy, creepy, and weird. But the other part of me is like, yeah, that would happen. Totally would happen. Yeah, absolutely. Bash your balls! Yeah, it, w- it would. That. Like, some dude's like, no, dude, you got to take my picture of me with this lady. Oh, yeah. Immediately it would happen. And immediately that would happen. Except now it would be like, I'm going to take a selfie of myself with this lady. Yeah, she would be on a million iPhones. Like instantaneously. Uh, absolutely. Can you get in trouble for swimming in the Hudson River? I assume so. I assume you can get in trouble for swimming in most public rivers, especially because it's a major like boating thoroughfare. Right. And like you could be, you could get seriously hurt. I think you can get in trouble if you're putting yourself in a situation where you could like die. Right. Yeah. So that's another thing to think about. Like, would they so easily release her to him? I mean, I think they were just at such a loss of what to do in this situation. They're like, this is something that doesn't happen ever. It's never yeah. happened before. We have more, way more important things to take care of Yeah. than a naked lady walking uh, out of the Hudson River. Right. <laughs> you know, I get that. I can but get I that. Like, that's, 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 that's actually I kind of just, plausible. Like, okay, yeah, cool. I, you take her off our hands. I wouldn't have called out Bowers. They, like, she shows up with like his wallet. I would have yeah. brought him in for questioning. Right. Yeah. He's just like, what's going on? I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, uh, this lady was found with this wallet, and he's like, oh my god, there she is. I yeah. mean, I've never seen this woman before. He told of, he to, he totally should have had like a friend at the police station or something. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, we're poking holes in the logic that is splash. No, yeah. <laughs> we're dropping rocks in the clear, crystalline water that is splash, and exactly. sending ripples across the entire fabric of the movie. Very nice, Sam. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what else What else is there in this movie that uh, is important? What's something that, as we're remaking it today, that we haven't covered that you would want to change or, like, put, like, this is 2010. Here's a different thing. Or 2010. This is 2018. Here's a different thing. <laughs> wow. That was deeply troubling. You just lost eight years there for no apparent reason. Oh, God, what's happening to my <laughs> life? I've just shown up in L.A. for the first time. What kind of cold do you have? <laughs> um, a uh, epic one. Yeah, apparently. You lose years. Well, obviously, the movie would be somewhat different because of the existence of smartphones and social media and, and the effect that it has. You know, she would probably be a celebrity if she walked out of the Hudson River naked. That's true. I agree with that. She would be an Insta celebrity, you know? Yeah. Like uh, ha- hashtag uh, naked liberty. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh-oh. And would uh, Alan still work as a fruit import exporter? Probably not. It would probably be some, well, he could still do that. They still do that, don't they? I assume so. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. Someone has to. Yeah. He just doesn't really work with a bunch of people. He just kind of has an automated system. Right. And if anything, I find that more interesting because that can be very isolating. Like right now he works and he's surrounded by people. But if really all the people he has to interact with are his, are his brother, yeah. well, that's tough. Yeah. And, what, and obviously Freddie can't be a dude who drops change on the ground to look up women's skirts. No, no. He doesn't even need that, that particular <laughs> personality trait. No, he could just be one of those guys that hooks up with. I mean, he shows it like when with those two girls uh, at the yeah. bar, he could just be that kind of guy. Absolutely. That he just hooks up. And the line, you brought a date to one of your weddings is such a good line. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's it's it's all very clear without him dropping the change to look up uh, somebody's skirt. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for me, that was bad because, A, it was terrible, but also because it's like, I don't think he needs to do that. He's such a charming guy. Yeah, it's not it's not necessary. I think that was put in there to for a gag, for the gag to pay off later, but you don't need to do it. I think it. so, too. But you don't, 
It's not necessary yeah. at all. I mean, I just thought of how to rewrite it if it was today, but even still, I don't want to. Right. Yeah. It's it's just not important. Good. All right. So we kind of have oh god, I was going to make a terrible pun. We have kind of have the shape of the water of this movie. Oh. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm sorry. But do you see the the, the gigantic yeah. similarities? Yeah. Well, what uh, what studio released Shape of Water? We just got to go back and release the Splash remake from a different studio in the same year. Absolutely. There you go. I mean, and the thing about Shape of Water is that it's not a comedy. No, at all. And this would be. I mean, if you were to remake this, would you still call it Splash or would you call it... Uh... I probably still would call it Splash. I mean, I still would too. I I think it's a good name. I'm just trying to think of a good parody of the Shape of Water name. Oh. The Splash of Water. The Shape of Splash. <laughs> None of these are good. No. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why I, I thought to call it Freshen My Drink, but that, that makes no sense. Um, a Splash of Cranberry? No. A Mermaid's Tail? Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's get into our cast. Let's, let's talk about who we got. Let's do this. Do you want to start with Madison or do you want to start with Alan? Uh, I'm fine with either one. I had a lot of trouble with Madison, actually. So let's start with Alan, just because I, I thought thought of that one a lot easier. Okay. My Alan Bauer is Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, nice choice. Yeah, he's actually a little bit young for the role, but yeah. they're remaking this movie. Of course, they'll skew a little bit younger. Yeah, actually, you know, no. How old was Tom Hanks in this movie? Oh, uh, he was quite young. I, I think he was maybe. 27, 28, something like that. And you know what? Michael B. Jordan's exactly the right age. Yeah. That's a I nice mean, one. It's a dude living in New York, just living his life, going to work, doing all those things. Like, Michael B. Jordan would be really good at that. And you kind of want the heartthrob of the day. Tom Hanks was kind of like the young, sexy guy of 1984. The young, sexy guy of 2018 is Michael B. Jordan. Right. I like that. Mine was, uh, can I tell you mine? Of course. Mine was Nat Wolf. Do you know who Nat Wolf is? Tell me about Nat Wolf. Nat Wolf is, uh, um, I remember him most from, uh, oh, now the name of the movie completely escapes me. Not, <laughs> not Paper Towns. No, no, no. Ansel, Ansel Einhort um, is in it and he's dying of cancer. The, sh- the Fault in Our Stars. Right. Nat uh, Wolf is his blind friend. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like that guy. I like him because of that movie, and I just I I don't know. I think he's deep, and he's and he can he can definitely play comedy. I think so too, and because yeah. he was the comedic person in in Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. I like him a lot. I actually think he'd be really good. Interesting. I don't want to decide on this because I kind of want to see what we end up with the rest of our okay. cast. Because obviously, gotcha. Splash is a very very white movie. Yeah, and I'd like it to not be that well I, yeah with my next two i i went a different Great, route so we'll probably end up like we'll kind of shape it as we go but let's let's talk about that who do you have for madison for madison i have anna de armas tell me about anna de armas or i can say it as my people say it anna de armas um <laughs> anna de armas is uh she's like the new hot latino actress she's in um did you see blade runner 2049 I did. She is his... Um, oh, she's the holographic lady. She's the holographic girl, yeah. Oh, she was so good. Yeah, she's really good. And what's the other movie that she's in about the weapons dealers with... Um, uh, it looks like Overdrive, War Dogs? War Dogs. She's great in that, too. War Dogs is insane. because that. I really, never saw it. Is it good? Yeah, it really happened. It's about the two buffoons that got a, a, like a $300 million arms contract with the government. Right. <laughs> I, I'm familiar with the movie, but I, I'm yeah. not a big fan of Miles yeah. Teller, so I never watched it. Oh, no. I watched the movie because it's all Jonah Hill. That movie is all Jonah Hill's movie. Um, all right. But she's great in that, too. I, I just I, I like her a lot. I think she's really diverse and, and pretty awesome. Cool, I love it. My Madison was an actress named Alexandra Daddario. Oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah. she was in Baywatch, yeah. American Horror Story, and she did Percy Jackson. And she was on par- she was on Parenthood too. Oh, was she? As awesome. well as Michael B. Jordan. Ha. They were both. That's on funny. I didn't know that. Yes, on that. Yeah. But I 
I picked her because she's one of those actresses that's kind of like teetering on the edge. Like we kind of know who she is. Yeah. But I feel like like she's just shy of like that one big role that now everyone knows who she is. Right. And so that's kind of why I thought she might be an interesting choice. I like that. I like I I also like the I I, I would love to keep Madison the, not cuz she's not quirky. She's just literally a fish out of water. I really yeah. love that about that character though. Absolutely. And I think that that's correct. And I think that's what you should do. Yeah. I don't know. I really liked Anna Diarmas in Blade Runner. Like yeah. I would, I might lean more towards Anna Diarmas cool. just because of the way she put, portrayed the character in Blade Runner, mm-hmm. just because that's kind of sort of character we want. This kind of person who kind of shapes who they are based on the person that they're with, but they are themselves so deep and interesting and yeah. oh, she's so tragic. Right. Yeah. Like basically the entirety of her character in Blade Runner was her, the movie Her. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Absolutely. Let's do Anna de Armas. Cool. I'm sorry, how did how did your people pronounce it again? Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas. <laughs> Love it. All right, great. Let's talk about uh Walter Cornbruth. Let's talk about who we could possibly get to replace Eugene Levy. Or as my people call it, Eugene Levy. <laughs> What a week I'm having. For me, the only person I could kind of, I mean, like, I was kind of trying to go back to that comedy, like, sketch comedy people. And I kind of toyed around with the ideas of both Key and Peel. But (laughs) I ended up settling on uh, Chris Gethard. Oh, yeah. And part of the reason why is because both Key and Peel almost are too competent. Right. And I kind of want that, like, that person who, in the back of their mind, still is that neurotic mess. Right. And that's why I thought Chris Gethard would be fun. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Mine is William Jackson Harper. All right. Cheedy from The Good Place. Oh, Cheedy's great. Oh, Cheedy's amazing. I thought he'd be a he'd be a fun Walter Cornbling guy. Of course yeah. he would. Yeah. He would be the best. <laughs> oh, that's tough. That is tough because I really like Gethard too. All right, we'll put a pen in that because I think it will depend on who we have for uh, our Alan Bauer. Who do you have for your Freddie Bauer? Who do you have as a brother for... Um, I went with... Um, do you know who Dustin Ibarra is? I don't. Did you ever see Kevin Probably Saves the World? No. <sighs> T- talk to me about it because it was one of those movies that I considered watching and I was like, I should watch this and I just never did. It's a um, no. It's a TV show. With, it was with Jason Ritter. Oh, who if he wasn't if he wasn't um, older now, I would have probably picked him for Alan Bauer as well. But he's he's aged out. I feel of Alan Bauer. Uh, but this guy Dustin Ibarra, I he just plays this. He's a he's um he's a bigger guy on that particular show. He just plays this guy who just he's not uh, he's very smart. But he's also very kind and he just thinks the best of people. And any situation that you put him in, he's just like, yeah, I'm good with that, you know? And he, he'll find the good in mm-hmm. every situation. Whereas I would have liked to have seen him um, uh, cover somebody like Freddie because Freddie is, is a way more complex character than uh, at, at face value. He's so much deeper. You know what I, uh, yeah, well, well, we said it, we, we, we said it when he says, you know, most people will never be that happy. I'll never be that happy, you know? And then right there, you're like, oh, now I know who this guy is completely. Absolutely. You know? I agree with that. And I'm kind of leaning more towards your choices. Okay. So my Freddie Bauer was Keenan Thompson. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> and just because he can kind of it's a different kind of larger comedian yeah but he can kind of go like that kind of crazy and obviously his background is ridiculous sketch yeah and so i kind of wanted it to be someone who's in a ridiculous sketch who who lives a ridiculous sketch life but in a more grounded world and that's what i thought would be interesting but i i i like this idea of dustin ibarra just because it's an actor I've never heard of, so it's someone I want to promote and do more with. Right. But I feel like it's a, it's a package deal. Like, we can't... I mean, we could. 
uh, mix and match. Yeah, absolutely. But like, I kind of want to go with Destiny Barra for Freddy. Okay, cool. By the way, um, I think you have just found the title for your autobiography. What's Sam. that? I think you should call it My Ridiculous Sketch Life. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I need to write more sketches. There you go. All right. So now that we have the brother, let's go back to Alan. Um, yeah. Who is a better foil for Destiny Barra then? Hmm. Say the name of your actor again. Uh, Nat Wolf. Nat Wolf or Michael B. Jordan? Hmm. A more straight-laced guy. Hmm. Not necessarily straight. Right, right, right. Just a, just a good foil. Yeah. Hmm. If I'm being honest, I might go with Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I'm looking at his name because I wrote it down after you said it. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at his name, and I think uh, I think you may be right. Because it's he would really definitely funny. be – he's the guy that you look at and you go, well, nothing can be wrong in that guy's life. Right. <laughs> you know? And with Nat Wolf, he pl- kind of played the comedic sidekick, and he can't – and he's really, really good at that. Yeah. But we need him to – be the straight-laced one here. Yeah. I don't necessarily want him... I want him to be bad at cracking jokes. So that way, like, when Madison actually laughs at one of them, he's like, oh, wow. Right. And I feel like Nat Wolf would just kind of be, like, the naturally charming, funny guy. Right. Not that Michael B. Jordan isn't. I just think that he's a little bit more capable of being the, uh, the <laughs> bird in the surf kind of dude. Right, right. Bird in the surf. I like that. It's a good name for a restaurant. Um, I would eat there. Yeah. yeah. We're going to dinner at Bird in the Surf, guys. I like that. No, Michael B. Jordan. Great. Yeah. But then for Walter Kornbluth, for Eugene Levy, it's, oh, man, I have a hard time saying no to Cheaty. Yeah. I mean, I just think Ugh. of him going through all that crap, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got to be Cheaty. That, that's what that character is. Yeah. So that brings me to uh, the last actor that I had picked. Okay. <clears throat> and that was for uh, Mrs. Stimler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my Mrs. Stimler is Carol Burnett. Yes, that's brilliant. That would be amazing. Because we need the goofy, completely committed to the bit sketch person. And yes. we also need someone to, it needs to be an actress of a certain age. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I, I almost don't even want to say my choice. So, well, who did you have? Margot Martindale. She's good too, or as she's referred to on on BoJack Horseman, beloved character actress Margot Martindale. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, but no, no, Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett. Like that bit on BoJack is amazing, and she is great. No, but you know what? You 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 say the words Carol Burnett, and there's no there's nobody else. <laughs> yeah. Ever in my book. Margot Martindale actually would have been really good for the, the last a character in the last movie that we did, but that's I can't go back. Beloved character uh, actress Margot Martindale. But I, excuse me, beloved character actress Margot Martindale. <laughs> okay, so I, I cast a, a, a few others. Yeah, so tell me who else you have. Okay, I have, I went so far to do Dr. Ross. Dr. Ross is the guy with the mustache, the, the head doctor that's always yelling at Cornbluth. Who puts her in the tank? Yes. Uh, I picked Gary Cole for that. Tell, tell me why. Um, because I, uh, Gary can, can be, he can be assertive like that. He can be, uh, are we allowed to curse on, on the show? Yeah, yeah, of course. He can be a dick. He can be a funny dick. He can. He's, I mean, he's great in pretty much everything he's ever yeah, done. And he can come out with the put downs too. Like, oh, know? yeah. So that's why I chose him for that. I even cast, Jerry, only because um, Jerry is the, he works at the at the fruit market. Oh, he's the uh, like the assistant guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's Alan's friend. I I did Jerry because that that actor. Uh, I always sit around and I go, whatever happened to Bobby DeKiko? He was huge at that time. What's the, the answer? Whatever happened to Bobby DeKiko? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> he does he does ADR now. He does a lot oh. of ADR. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, if you go back, he at that time he was in a movie called The Philadelphia Experiment. He was in uh, Steven Spielberg's 1941. He was in Splash. He was in. Was he on? In, he was in Splash. Uh, Bobby DeKiko. Yeah, I'm. I'm kidding. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> but you know, he was like in a million things back then, and then all of a sudden, vanished. Do you think it's because he like had kids or just decided to retire? Have, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, but I I cast I cast Manny Manny as Manny you say, as as you say it, Jacinto. I say Jacinto, but yeah, Manny Jacinto. Um, I, as Jerry. I mean, so you just pulled everyone from the good place. I did because I love that show, but um, because it's the best show on TV. Yeah, absolutely agreed. I even cast the doorman. <laughs> See, I looked at all of these characters, and part of me was like, I want to get a bunch of unknowns, right? Because I like it's. I, I want to get a taste of like New York, and we're just like living in this world. But great, please keep going. Well, I the guy that I picked is uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Do you know that guy? I have no clue who that is. He's a stand-up comic. He's a very, very, very funny stand-up comic. Um, did you see the movie Tag? Yes. Well, he plays the the he's the efficient at the wedding. I mean, it's a it's a tiny little part in that, but his uh, his whole stand-up is is it's very sort of New Yorkish uh, humor. Uh, he speaks very slowly and pronounces everything. I don't know. I just saw him playing that role i thought he'd be funny well i trust your opinion on what authentic new yorkers would do and say and are and i think that's great thank you and then my last my last two i think more people should talk about the movie tag because i thought tag was great tag was awesome are you kidding yeah it was so much fun i loved it i loved it and it was touching i even cast the moron twins but i I went a little stunt casty with the moron twins because i just thought it'd be funny I'm surprised you cast the Moron Twins and not uh, Fat Jack. See, I thought about Fat Jack, but then I then I I got on your train where I was like, no, you know what? That that would be a local hire. I would I would uh, get somebody from New York, a New York actor that that never gets any breaks to be yeah. Fat Jack. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. No, I went I went with uh, I I want to do star cameos for for the Moron Twins. Oh yeah. Yeah, All right. I, I want to do Zach Braff and Dax Shepard. <laughs> wow. Zach Braff? And Dax Shepard and... Right. Dax Shepard, I'm totally on board for. But weirdly enough, you said Zach Braff and I was more on board when I thought it was going to be Zach Efron. Oh. <laughs> like, honestly, I would do Dax Shepard and Zach Efron, and Zach Efron. Just, like, being dummies at Couple each other. <laughs> and I think that would be hilarious. I think Zach Efron would be amazing. I only went with Zach Braff because um, Braff and Dax Shepard get mistaken for each other all the time, and I would Did love they? to. Yes, and I would Why? love to see them. I have. I don't know, and I would love to see them be like, "We're not related," you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> all right, that would be a funny bit. For that bit alone, we'll make it Zach Braff. <laughs> but they do. I, I've. Um, uh, Zach has been on Dax's podcast before, and they they just sat there and exchanged stories of how they keep getting mistaken for one another. That's insane! Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Ah, then of course make them brothers who are not related. Right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And that's it. Uh, that's that's as far as I got with recasting. Good. I love it. I think those are good additions. <laughs> all right. So then let's talk about writer director. Did. You have a writer director, or did you have writers and a director? I had uh, a writer director. Okay, then do you want to talk about that person first, or would you like me to go first with my individual picks? I would love you to go first. All right. So it's funny that you mentioned the Fault in Our Stars because my writers is a writing team, and it's Scott uh, Newtstatter and Michael H. Weber. Nice. And they wrote the Fault in Our Stars, and the Disaster Artist, and Five Hundred Days of Summer. And I picked them because they do kind of these adaptations, but also these kind of romantic comedies, because that's, I mean, The Fault in Our Stars is a romance story, but then you have something like The Disaster Artist, which is just batshit crazy insane. And then you have something like 500 Days of Summer, which is also kind of a romantic uh, story. And they kind of are able to take these quirky romantic stories, but they also are kind of able to do the comedy. And that's why I thought they would be a good pairing for this. Right. I like that. And then for my director, I had Mark Webb. Uh, Mark Webb, who did the Amazing Spider-Man movies, the uh, the middle ones, not right. the, not the Raimi ones, not the new ones, the ones the, in the middle, the ones that are not as good. He, but right. He also directed Five Hundred Days of Summer, and he is a director very regularly 
if like he's like their in-house director on the TV show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I see. So he's gotcha. able to kind of take these romantic comedy things, but also quirk them up and like go zaniness with the songs. And that's the kind of director that he is. And so that's why I thought he would work as a director as well for this particular project. Gotcha. And he's also done like the big budget blockbuster, of course. Right. Right. Nice. I like it. Talk to me about your writer director. Okay. My writer is someone you've probably never heard of before. <laughs> His name is Kevin Arboe. Uh, I, I also toyed with him as director, but just writer for this one. I, oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I thought you said you had a writer director. Oh, I did, but no, I had a, a writer and, and a director. Got it. Okay. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't have said both of mine. Okay. So you have uh, Kevin Arboe yeah. of Benji the Dove. Yes, correct. <clears throat> Which I'm in. And I, I was going to say, because I also see Casanova was a woman, and I know you're in that one. I've, I've done three of his films. Gosh, it seems as though you're slightly biased, but go on. I am, because I, I, he's, he wrote uh, one called Fair Market Value that I'm in that has yet to come out. He, I feel like he co-wrote Benji the Dove, and he did a, a lot of uh, script tweaking on uh, Casanova was a woman. I just, I like the way he writes a lot. Okay. He does, he handles romantic comedy, but he always puts in the twist and he always has really strong female characters. Um, Good. That's important. Which I like a lot in his, in his stories. Um, they're actually female centric. Like he would probably, if you gave him this, he would flip it so that it's more about her than him. Well, I always watch this movie and I kept thinking how funny it would be if Eugene Levy turns the hose on them and she stays human, but uh, Tom Hanks turns into the mermaid. <laughs> and I always just thought like that would be such a funny twist if like we get this far and we didn't we don't know, we don't know, and then it turns out it's him. Right. I don't right. think that would work for the movie as it is now, but I I do think that would be funny. That would be funny. Totally. Okay, cool. So that's interesting. All right, interesting choice. And, and then, then who do you have for and then, director? And then I did toy with him for director, which I'm not sure. It, it keeps nagging at me, but I picked Jeff Tomsick, who directed Tag. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I just like the way that film was directed quite a bit, and I think he could handle the the tenderness, the comedy, and the uh, inevitable action sequences that would take place as well. Right. Hmm. So here's what I think I'd like to do. I would probably have Kevin Arboway do the first pass in the script, and mm -hmm. then I would have Scott Midstatter and Michael H. Weber do Punch Up. Got it. And but I I do think I would lean more towards Mark Webb as the director. Mark Webb, sure, man. But I mean, by all means, let's get Kevin Arboway in there. Yeah, he's a good contributor. Cool. I'm obviously biased, but I'm a I'm a fan. So <laughs> <laughs> cool. Great. All right. So let me run through what we've got. All right. For Splash 2018, we've got Alan Bauer being played by Michael B. Jordan. We have Madison being played by Anna Diarmas. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Walter Kornbluth is being played by William Jackson Harper. Freddie Bauer is going to be played by Dustin Ibarra. Mrs. Stimler is going to be Carol Burnett. Yes. Dr. Ross will be played by Gary Cole. Jerry will be played by Manny Jacinto. Doorman is going to be Sebastian Maniscalco or Maniscalco. Maniscalco. Yep. And then the moron twins are going to be real life, same person, <laughs> Zach Braff and Dax Shepard. Yeah. And then we'll, this will be written. Our first pass is going to be done by Kevin Arbue. Yep. But then punch up will be done by Scott Newtstatter and Michael H. Weber. And all of this will be directed by Mark Webb. Very and nice. that is our remake of Splash. Yeah. So what do you think? You're going to go watch this movie? You're going to bring Harper to go see this movie? Yeah, totally. I'll make her watch the the remake and the old one. <laughs> oh, man, that'll show her. Yeah, she'll learn. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, what, what's her favorite movie right now? Her favorite movie right now? I don't know what to call it in, in America. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? Because they, they did two versions of of this this cartoon movie, so it's got two completely different names. I'm trying to think. Oh, this is a deep cut. Apparently, I'm excited to know what this answer is. It's like was that I it's leap. Upon. Is it leap here in in the states? And then something. I mean, it's really confusing because they they even have two different casts. 
they have well, one. It's an animated movie that's normally expected. Yeah, but it's the it's the, it's not a different language that they're speaking. It's oh. Canadians speaking English, <laughs> and then oh. Americans speaking English. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, that's what's weird so, about it. So it's a Canadian movie. I I, I guess. Is this Stacy's doing? No, she has nothing to do with this. It's about dance. Uh, sure. But but Stacy has absolutely nothing to do with this. This is all it's I think it's called Leap here in the States, and it's like um Life's greatest adventure begins with a single leap. Is that Ellie the one? Fanning, uh Dane DeHaan, Carly Rae Jepsen. Matt right. Zimmer. That's the that's the that's the American cast. Okay. Just look look down and you'll see that two people will be listed for the same character name. That's so weird. Yeah, so it's called Leap Here, but I I we have we have the DVD, the Canadian DVD and it's a different name. What's the name for the Canadian one? I I don't know. It's in there. It's in it's in where we keep the DVDs and I can't remember. <laughs> okay, doesn't matter. An orphan it's like, dreams of becoming a ballerina and flees her rural I think it's ballerina. I think it's called ballerina, if I remember correctly. That's weird. Yeah, it's a weird one. Well, I'm I'm glad your daughter likes it. Yeah, she likes Since that one right now. Oh no, oh, no! I was going to say it's a box office failure, but no, it's not. No. The budget for this movie was thirty million dollars. Opening weekend, it made one hundred and eighty-one thousand dollars. <laughs> In the United States, it's grossed twenty-four million, but over the world, it's grossed one hundred. Uh, 146 million 147 so it's actually doing okay yeah in the united states though it's not doing great it never got a theatrical release no no oh so that's on that's on uh you know dvds and uh i think it's on prime or netflix or something now oh wow so that's just based on that well that's great i think it's really funny that her favorite movie is this really obscure poll i know it's it's not a bad movie either Pretty good. Um, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Mel Brooks is in this movie? Yes. In in the American what? one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Nat Wolf is in this movie. Yep. That's right. In the American version. <laughs> yeah. So is Kate McKinnon. Yep. So wait. So on the IMDb, there's a bunch of people listed as the voices. And then below that, it'll say like version U.S., so I think there are some people who it's the same voice and there are some people who it's different. But they're like <laughs> big characters in the in the movie. It's not like, you know, third guy from the right. It's like main character and it's a just a Canadian star as opposed to an American star. That is so wild. Yeah. It's a little All nuts. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. So I'm glad we took that little diversion to talk about this cuz that's wild. Um Gene, talk to me a little bit about what you've been up to and things that you would like to promote. Uh, well, I uh, made a short film called Sane People. And, and when it's I, great. And when I say made, thank you. And when I say made, I did everything on it. I directed it, produced it, star in it, wrote it, edited it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a friend to do original music for it. I cast it. What else? And I've it's out at film festivals, and it's getting uh, a nice buzz, and it's uh, opening doors for me. Um, Any laurels? Huh? Yeah, I'm getting laurels, which uh, <laughs> again, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, before we started recording, I didn't know that I wanted them, and now I want them. <laughs> laurels have entered my life. I uh, I'm also I'm doing uh, I'm shooting a film in Miami in December. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. I'm excited about that. I get to play a really interesting character, which I cannot divulge, but it's awesome. Congratulations. It's a, thank you. It's a lead, and I'm very happy about it. And I get to be is in it, Miami for a couple of weeks. Is it written or directed by Kevin Arbowie? No. Funny enough, Kevin moved to Los Angeles. So oh. I told oh. him to just keep me posted because he needs his good luck charm in his movies. Absolutely. You know, I decided that I was his good luck charm. And I think that that's a good decision. I think you are correct. Yeah. Like, I ended up in Benji the Dove because he called me one day and he was like, hey, are you free on Thursday? Can you come in and do this? And I was like, yeah, dude, where do I have to go? And then he told me and it was f literally 15 minutes from my house. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, great. So, yeah. 
So if people want to see your short or support it, is there a place they can go online or not until it's done with the festival circuit? When it's done with the festivals, I'll release it. It'll be on Vimeo. But right now it's just on the festival circuit. I mean, you can find it. You can get alerts and stuff on Instagram at Sane People Movie. Also, Perfect. Wonderful. Also Twitter at Sane People Movie. And you get, it's got a fan page on Facebook that you can go to. Uh, the trailer is up on IMDb. It's also up on IMDb. I cut a trailer together for it, so that's exciting. And then possibly in January, I may be, I may be, I'm in callbacks uh, right now for a workshop of From Here to Eternity. Oh, I don't know what that is. It is an old movie, an old novel based on an old novel that takes place during just before Pearl Harbor, and that's that. That'll be fun. That's a Broadway workshop. So fingers crossed. That it goes to, I'll be, I may be going back to Broadway. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what I've got going on right now. I love it. I want to say a big thank you. And then do you want anyone to follow you personally on any of the social media? Oh yeah. You can find me at, at Instagram is the only different one because there was already somebody there. Uh, Instagram is G Gabriel 70. So that's the letter G and then the word Gabriel, G-A-B-R-I-E-L, 70. Um, that's Instagram. Everything else is at Gene Gabriel. Love it. Cool. Yeah, yeah man. And then if you want to find out more about the podcast, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Ideal Remake or on Facebook where we've got a little Facebook page. You could we I have a little Facebook page. You can certainly go check out. <laughs> And if you want to find out more about me, I'm Sam Gash uh, on Twitter, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. Gene, thank you so much for making me watch Splash. It was totally worth it. You're welcome, Sam. Thanks for having me on the podcast. You have been a delightful guest. You are welcome back anytime. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, what kind of an episode we've been having? What a week I'm having. What an episode. Ah. You want to know favorite line? Yeah. Freddie, dance with me. Not in front of the Teamsters. (laughs) Love it.